Coming up, J. Michael Collins and a new episode of This Week in VO. But first, with the latest news in the world of VO, here's News Desk with Graham Spicer. Welcome to News Desk. I'm Graham Spicer. One of Hollywood's most successful and respected talent agents in the area of animation has retired. Pat Brady, who's been involved in most major Disney projects over the past two decades, has recently left the CESD talent agency and hung out her shingle as an elite coach. I caught up with Pat recently and asked her about her journey as an agent. I've been a voiceover agent and an on-camera agent, that was in my past, for 41 years. I did do voiceover commercials and promo trailer and narration when I was at Kazarian Spencer and Associates. But when I went over to Cunningham, Escott, Slevin, and Doherty, or actually a CED back in um, 19 years ago, I was just animation and puppeteers. I went to UCLA uh, to get my degree in theater arts. I wanted to be a Broadway actress because I, I could sing really loud. And then unfortunately, I got married and had a baby. So that changed the tune on that one. So my best friend, who was an actress, said, you know, my agent needs an assistant. And I thought, oh, my God, that means I have to give up everything. And then I thought to myself, I'm not giving up anything. So I went and became an assistant to a woman named Donnelly Davies, who at the time was the top female voiceover agent. And I worked for Donna, and then she went to work for CED, and I went off as an on-camera commercial agent, did that for quite a while, and then got back into voiceover at KSA and married my husband, who's a voiceover actor, which I said I'd never do that, but I did, and that was 26 years ago. Uh, So then I went from Kazarian Spencer because they didn't want to expand expand the voiceover department over to Cunningham, and it was an amazing, well, I'll say it was amazing, um, 15 years (laughs) out of the 19 years. It was great, and uh, I was very, very proud of what I accomplished there. I was very proud of the actors that I brought with me, included Nolan North, Fred Tatashore, Keith Ferguson, Audrey Wazlewski, and then I got Kari Walgren, and of course, I'd had Scotty Menville for 25 years. Now, these are big names in the animation world, but yeah, that's, and so I did animation with my partner, Kathy Lizio, and we split the town in half, and I was very lucky to get Disney, and she had Warner Brothers and the such. And, um, yeah, that's what I did. Brady was at the very top of the agent ladder, but decided to retire. I asked her why she chose now to leave CESD. I was in a horrible car accident uh, four years ago, January 2nd, 2018. This person uh, decided to make an illegal left-hand turn on the corner of Beverly Glen and Sutset and hit me at 60 miles an hour in my brand new car. And I was rushed to UCLA, thank God, which is only a mile away. I was, on, I was on my way home from work, broke both arms, both legs, both hips. My ankle shot out of my foot. My knee was crushed. My wrist was broken. And two ribs split my aorta. So basically, I was dying in the, in the ambulance. Uh, so after being in the hospital for a few weeks and then going to rehab for a few months, then when I got out, it was operation after operation. And then about two years ago... Two years into uh, my my healing, the Screen Actors Guild uh, made a, an announcement that if your spouse is offered health insurance, they have to take it from their employer. Well, agencies are great. And as you well know, my agency is huge. It's a wonderful, wonderful agency. But their insurance is nothing compared to the Screen Actors Guild. So I had to take SAG. And I couldn't work full-time anymore over at CESD. So... 
I went part-time, and my support system is a young man, still is, a gentleman named Sam Frischman. And I trained Sam for the past three years on how to be an agent, and this kid is amazing. And so he's taken, he took over my buyers, and basically I was getting paid to be a part-time employee, whereas there's no such thing as a part-time agent. Agents work 24-7. If Disney calls me at 8 o'clock at night, what am I going to say? I'm sorry, I can't talk to you right now. Or if Kevin Michael Richardson calls me at 6 o'clock in the morning, like, what am I doing today? What am I going to say? I don't know. No, I jump on the computer and find out. So there's no such thing as a part-time agent. So I just figured it's not worth it. And so I had a long talk with Jay Michael about it and other uh, gentlemen that, and ladies, actually, who I've lectured for, been a guest of their seminars and the such. And they all said, you know what, Pat, just, you know, you're a great coach. You're a great teacher. Just, you know, retire. And I did. And I had a big old party. <laughs> Brady has touched the lives of many of today's most successful voice actors. I had a conversation with Daniel Ross, the voice of Donald Duck, on how he was first signed to CESD. So the story begins in, uh, I would say, 2014. I was um, in the process of relocating from Maryland to Los Angeles and uh, I, I was, you know, kind of getting my lay of the land. I took a trip out here to see what, you know, L.A. was like. And I had some friends who said, hey, we want to walk you in to the CESD uh, talent agency because we think you've got the chops. So uh, I met Pat Brady and uh, I read for her. And at the time... Uh, I was a little too green behind the ears. I didn't have much to offer. And uh, CESD said, thank you, but no thank you. And I and I took that as a total win because, hey, I got to read for one of the biggest agencies in the land. And that was really cool. But I knew I had some work to do. So uh, I landed a smaller agency. I started to get some work. And occasionally I would see Pat at some different events or there would be a workshop that she was teaching at. And she was always very kind and encouraging. And uh, I, I would come up to her and say, hey, Pat, you know, uh, I've got uh, some things developing. There's some awesome things brewing. If CESD wants to give me another look. And she's like, well, you know, when that time comes, that, that time will come. We'll, we'll see what happens. And things continued to start to develop. And I was booking some uh, series regular roles and some uh, things across networks. And I went back to Pat a couple times. And I was like, eh? Eh? What do you think? What do you think? No, no, we're not looking right now. Well, I was fortunate enough to book uh, the role of Donald Duck uh, for Disney. And uh, at the time, the agency that I was with was beginning to uh, close up shop. So I went to Pat and the team one last time and I said, hey, everybody, I've got this really amazing opportunity. We've got Donald Duck on the horizon. And Pat said, well, you did the right thing. You got something big. Come on. Welcome to the agency. I asked Ross what Donald or Lucky the Leprechaun might like to say to Pat on the occasion of her retirement. Donald would want to say to Pat, I love you so much and thank you, oh boy. And Lucky would obviously say, I think you're magically delicious. Pat Brady represented legendary voice actor Pat Fraley for over 10 years. Pat and I have been friends for way before I became his agent, so it's got to be going on 30 years. Pat and I have a, a similar similar problem. We have, I don't want to say it's an attention deficit disorder, but we can be distracted very easily. 
very easily. And so he and I talked about that once, and now he calls me Sparkle Pony because I can be talking to him and I'll say, oh, oh, Sparkle Pony. You know, one of those things like, oh, look at it. Oh, oh, look, look, there's a cat on that. It drives him crazy. And then he turns around and does it to me. So that's why he calls me Sparkle Pony and I just call him Pony. Look, a pony. He's a genius. He's a great teacher. He has brought me in numerous times to do his animation class. And it's always been so fulfilling. It's such a joy. Retirement certainly doesn't mean that Brady's hanging up her headphones. She explains what's been keeping her busy since retirement. As a coach and a lecturer, and I've been very busy, which is really lovely. I've gotten great um, referrals by Jay Michael and, um, and others and Mary Lynn Wisner and Bill Farmer and people like that. It's really been, it's been great. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. And, I, and the best part is, Graham, it's on my own time. If I want to do a class, I'll do a class. If I want to do a coaching, I'll do a coaching. She's even keeping her foot in the door at Disney. And she has some very definitive views on what makes a good animation demo. Brian Nevsky, who's the head of casting for Disney Imagineering, he asked if I would be available to go over people's animation demos. Because unfortunately, Graham, there's people out there who will make a demo for you and take your $3,000 and then say, best of luck, here's your demo. And it does nothing but showcase the demo producer and it pisses me off so much. An agent doesn't want to hear how many bells and whistles you've put on your demo. They just don't. They want to hear you do the characters that you do. In animation, versatility is the number one thing. So the more characters I can get out of you, the best. I don't want to hear every boop. I don't want to hear all that crap. I just want to hear you. A lot of actors don't realize they can go to any talent agency's website and hear their the actors' demos. So you can go off to um, Atlas, and you can listen to their demos. You can go to Abrams uh, A3 and listen to Jim Cummings' demo. You can do this. It's free, and you can see what sells. Any voice actor looking to connect with Pat Brady can email her at patbrady2019. That's P-A-T-B-R-A-D-Y-2019 at Outlook.com. And I leave the final word to her friend, Pat Fraley. Hey, this is Pat Fraley, and uh, I suppose my agent, Pat Brady, was my agent for about 10 years for voiceover. I can't tell many anecdotes because she swears like a sailor, but there's a couple things that I want to share. First of all, my nickname is Sparkle Pony, and her nickname is Sparkle Pony. Why? We're both kind of OCDC. I mean, you know, we, and so it's a joke. But now the anecdote that I want to share uh, talks about other people before I get to Pat, so bear with me. First of all, I was successful at doing Buzz Lightyear's voice um, a while back for about nine years because Tim Allen was too busy to do it. Well, it turns out Buzz Lightyear Oh, did a lot of toys and stuff like that. So I got the role, and I figured I'd get 800 per job because Goofy and Donald and Mickey all got 800 Well, what happened, I had to sign a favored nations clause, meaning that I had to, um, when I worked with 
Woody or whenever I could not make more money than he did. It's a way they kept the cost down. Well, what they didn't know, that Tom Hanks, who played uh, Woody, made a deal with Pixar that only his brother, younger brother, Jim Hanks, would do Woody's voice. Well, when Jim's agent, Arlene Thornton, heard that, his price went up to from 800 to 2700 plus 10 And gee, I had to get the same amount. So imagine me on vacation with my family, whatever, you know, and I get a call and it's someone humming the money's for nothing and the chicks for free and a hang up. And I'd go to my wife and go, Renee, I just made 2700 bucks because they took one voice and put it in one doll and then a little doll. So it's, it started out to infinity and beyond and came out like, <laughs> nevertheless, I made a lot of money thanks to Pat Brady. Uh, I'll miss her dearly. You've been listening to News Desk with Graham Spicer. Have a story or upcoming event? Email us at thisweekinvo at gmail.com. Get ready, because This Week in VO with J. Michael Collins is up next. Welcome to This Week in VO with J. Michael Collins. Each week, JMC will host one of the voiceover industry's most interesting personalities for a casual freestyle chat that encompasses more than just business, digging deep into the guest's backstory and pulling back the curtain on how they became the person they are today. And now for this week's guest... Cliff Zellman. Hey, everybody. It's Jay Michael. I am back with another episode of This Week in VO, and I have one of the coolest people in the voiceover industry with me today. This guy is a legend. He's been around since the dawn of the dinosaurs, and yet he never seems to age. Uh, <laughs> he is widely acknowledged as the preeminent authority on automotive voiceover in our industry and the top demo producer in that category through his amazing demos brand. Uh, he is the head of ACM's automotive department. Department. He is a coach, a talent, a producer, a genius, a mensch in all respects, and one of the nicest guys that you will ever meet. It is an absolute honor to welcome Cliff Zellman to the podcast today. Wow. For a second there, I thought maybe the guy you were going to introduce didn't show up, and uh, <laughs> I, I got to come in and, and fill the gap here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, wow. Thank you for that, uh, Jay Michael. Uh, definitely appreciate it. And let me take the moment now here just at the top to thank you for uh, countless years of guidance and success and and influence, positive influence, and and really guidance to, to our industry. So... Thank you for that. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you, my friend. Of course, I've negatively influenced your waistline over the years in a few different. Oh my God, you and me both. (laughs) (laughs) Although I gotta, I gotta say, Cliffy is is one of my favorite people simply because he's the only person who just consistently recognizes the fact that I am enough of a delinquent that when he looks at me and goes, "Hey, want to burn one?" Yeah, we, 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 if you, if they're the, the kids who, you know, you don't, your parents don't want you hanging around with and they're outside smoking, it's kind of us. Uh, <laughs> I, I could hear my mom, Jane, I could hear my mom, Jane Michael. No, no, not him. No, not Jane Michael. He's a bad influence. Bad influence. But I, 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 uh, I'll take your influence any day, brother. <laughs> Ditto, my friend. Well, cool. And, and so you're in the Dallas area, right? I have been in Dallas since 1995. I started my life uh, in Los Angeles, spent 38 years there, um, paradise when it was, and uh, moved to Dallas in 95 after the 94 earthquake, pretty much. Yeah. 
took our <laughs> residence out. And my brother lived here for about four years uh, before we moved. And uh, we would come and visit, you know, a couple, couple, three times a year. And just really fell in love with it. Found a house on his block. Looked at the uh, the sheet that was, you know, on the uh, lawn. They have a, uh, you walk by a house that's for sale. You can open a little uh, box and read everything about it. And then I said to my wife, this looks like a, you know, pretty reasonable down payment. And she informed me that that was the price of the house. Mm-hmm. So this was, <laughs> you know, we're, we're leaving the San Fernando Valley, Sherman Oaks, uh, uh, Encino area. Looking at houses at three and a quarter, four fifty, thinking that's completely outrageous. And this was this was when ninety five. And you can imagine what like, those numbers are now, right? Um, yeah, they're one point two now. You know, uh, same houses. House my dad bought for sixteen thousand dollars. So we <laughs> see this this beautiful street with with trees, uh, you know, lining the street, and uh, we never look back. I mean, I love L.A., but. Uh, this is this is a great place to be, great place to raise a family. Uh, when I first moved here, my friends in LA, you guys have McDonald's? You guys have <laughs> Wendy's? Uh, yes, we do. We invented the printed circuit board. You know, we invented, <laughs> we invented the chip here. That there's no shortage of uh, technology in Dallas. That's for well, sure. And sp- speaking of family, I mean, you mentioned your your beautiful wife Joanne. You are you are surrounded by estrogen. No, oh, good lord! It, it was, yeah, ever since I moved out of my house, it started the other way around. Uh, father, older brother, myself, and my mom. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, as soon as I moved out, it's, it's, uh, it's been women, but I like women. I get along with women. (laughs) I think women should be running our world. I really do. Make life a lot easier for us, wouldn't it? You know what? We have this awful thing called testosterone that makes us do some Uh... strange things. And it's not our fault, but I have learned in 34 years of marriage uh, just do what the wife says. Mm-hmm. Always, always, because if something goes wrong, it's not your fault. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and nothing like will that, ever go like wrong. <laughs> you know, you make, she says, make a left, I'll make a left. If we go to a dead end, I'll say, wow, this is a nice safe neighborhood, honey. And, <laughs> with me and turn the car around and, and go back. No, she's, uh, yeah, she's everything to me. Uh, and then you've got a couple of beautiful daughters. What are, what are they up to? Uh, my oldest daughter is... Uh, she is working uh, as a um, HR manager for uh, two f- beautiful restaurants here in Dallas, which you will visit as soon as you walk, uh, get out of the airport. Um, Kisaku is a very high-scale sushi bar, and Monarch is a very high-scale uh, dining experience. It's 50 floors up. Uh, that's what, that's one on top of the tower, right? Yeah, no, no, that's um, well, that's Antares, isn't it? That's uh, fifty-three above. Some it's got a name like that. Uh, okay, I've been here for twenty-five years. I don't remember. Um, but that's on Reunion Tower up at the top. Uh, okay. That's not that one. This one is in downtown, and she is getting married, and the uh, service is going to be in September. And we have a beautiful place, the Audubon Society here in Dallas, oh, wow. which is just gorgeous. So we're going to have the service there. My youngest daughter just got accepted to uh, Art Institute of Dallas, and she's congratulations. Going to be starting. Thank you, and um, she's going to be starting first uh, of April. And it's interesting. I worked with a company for twenty five years called Radio Vision, and a majority of this company was either audio production or video production. 
and every single video editor that we have hired since I was aware of them hiring uh, came from Art Institute. Oh, wow. So they've got a employment bulletin board that gets incredible positions uh, for their students. And uh, I know that they put out very, very high quality uh, people. Very so, nice. And, and you, yeah, and so you, you, about that. you mentioned, of course, she works at a restaurant. Now, Dallas has become one of the, the better food cities in the United States. Yes, it? it has. And I know you like Dallas. Don't you like <laughs> Dallas? Hey, tell, tell the world you like I, Dallas. I spent most of 2021 in Dallas, it seems like. Is there... <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, Cl you know. Cliff was, for those who don't know, Cliff was, because, you know, with 2020, with the pandemic, it was a good, um, good solid 13, 14 months where I know I didn't see another VO peep in, in the flesh. And, uh, one day I showed up, uh, on, uh, on is it man of La Mancha Avenue, um, yeah, La Mancha, La Mancha. <laughs> La Mancha, uh, in, in front of Cliffy's door and, and Cliff was the first, uh, first VO human that I saw in the flesh, uh, since the pandemic started last March when I made that first trip. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for welcoming me into oh your house uh, only two days after my shot. <laughs> I think we've doubled mask, but to everybody listening, imagine your doorbell ringing. Nine o'clock in the morning. I think we were doing a session. Nine, nine thirty in the morning. You open the door, and there's J. Michael standing at your door. And you call the police immediately. I <laughs> need <laughs> <laughs> you have that on the camera. Yes, I do. Uh, it was it was a thrill, um, but it was it was uh, yeah. We went to a ball game. It was it was a lot of fun. And and actually, one of the coolest experiences was you uh, introduced me to a proper dim sum place. Mm. Uh, you know, and this 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 was a this is really an interesting experience. This is this big open restaurant. This one one room, one open room. You know, half the size of a football field with probably two hundred and fifty people in there dining. And of course, they're bringing the 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 dim sum around on carts. But the best part of it was Cliff is like the mayor. And he, he goes, he goes in there. We're, we're one of like eight non Chinese people in the whole restaurant, but Cliff is the mayor. They welcome him. Like he is, you know, the Dalai Lama. And uh, maybe that's not the right reference, but next thing, I mean, did, did, next thing, you know, we're up on a stage. We're sitting on this, this riser looking over everyone else. It's like Cliff's subjects are out there as, as, as we're dining on, on dim sum and on duck and on one of the largest crabs I've ever seen in my life. Uh, that was, that was quite nice. It, it is nice. We've been going at least twice a month. Uh, it's gotta be going on 10 years. And my goal in life is to be invited to the owner's house for Christmas dinner. <laughs> Mike Chen is one of the greatest hosts I've ever met. Um, greets us. Uh, sometimes there's a hundred people waiting to get a table and I'll send them a text. Hey, see you in 15 minutes. I'll get three smiley faces. We walk in the door. There's our table. But, but my ultimate goal in life is to be, is to, to have Christmas dinner at Mike's house. I think. Wow. I think I would have made it at that point. <laughs> Pretty much everything else is. Uh, so there you are, a made man. Every second, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I get to see you, uh, your smiling face at BO Atlanta pretty soon, right? Yes, it's coming up very, very soon. I've been spending uh, a good hour a night uh, writing scripts, uh, getting all, everything uh, in line. I know that uh, it's going to be very busy for me. Um, about four, three or four days before. So I'm trying to get uh, everything in order. 
Um, we are going to be doing uh, an X session, three-hour workshop on automotive, a lot of reading, a lot of recording. Any spots left for those listening? Oh, no, we've no, we sold out, as one does. Yeah, yeah. I was. It, it took a little while, but you know, there's so much to choose from, and there's so many great uh, presenters this year. Um, Gerald went and, and you know, uh, added uh, a couple of new names and some exciting up and coming people that have uh, really interesting perspectives. So, um, you know, I understand that, but it it did sell out. And uh, which is good because I have 12 scripts written. I, I, <laughs> I want to use them all. Uh, we're going to be recording. We are going to uh, have all kinds of. of uh, are you doing the? Th- are, are we? Are you doing the team challenge again this year? Yes, Dan and I will be doing the team challenge. Um, we're still kind of figuring out how to do it because one of the neat things about team challenge was uh, one of the prizes was, you know full expenses paid for uh, the next uh, conference. Right. And, of course, this is going to be the last VO Atlanta, or at least it is so far. Right. Um, uh, we'll see if, if Gerald gets a little homesick maybe in October. <laughs> he'll say, yeah, you know what? But, you know, it's it's huge. He's been doing it for, what, this is the eighth one? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's an incredible incredible you know uh, oh it's 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 been the signature signature event in the industry for the better part of a decade and i I don't i don't i don't know that i'd count on it quietly going into the good night but we'll 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 see we'll see if we can believe him on that or not yeah well my point was you know how much logistics goes into creating something like this and uh you know gerald is in the spotlight for four days uh during the convention guys working six months eight months before Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it can it's a lot of work. Yeah, I get a little tedious after a while. And you're, you, and you're going to be on my demo panel too, right? Yes, sir. We are going to talk about demos. How fun. Um, Anne's going to be up there. Or Anne's going to be uh, on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, actually, I'm, I don't think Anne's going to be able to make this one. We're not mm. doing the, the virtual mm. content here. So it's going to be uh, yourself, Joseph Briano, Mary Lynn, uh, AJ, and I believe Uncle Roy. I think I know those guys. Yeah, you heard of them? Yeah, I think so. I think, and, I think then, and, then, and then and then a large man moderating. Yeah, I think I know him too. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I think I'm going to plan a dinner Thursday night. I, I, I don't know if I should make that public or not, but I think I'm going to get <laughs> as many people as we can to go to Malone's. Very um, cool. Well, put put, and, put put us on the list, and we're um, you and I will talk privately, but we may be doing something later that weekend. So, ooh, okay, we'll talk about that. Yes, yes. Hush, 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 as we release the podcast to the entire world. Yeah, so let's talk about the supply chain. Let's talk about how is how is this stuff, I mean. Yeah, you, well, talk, talk to me about that a little bit, because how, how does it affect the automotive, you know, VO industry? Because I will tell you, we were just at, um, just this past weekend, we were driving home, uh, you know, the, for, for those that know, this is my, Euro- I'm coming from my European studio here, um, and we were driving back from Holland, and we stopped in the dealership where we had bought our last car, and um, and it's, the car's only, I don't know, it's less than two years old. Uh, we've only put 
40,000 miles on it. Um, and so we walked in and, uh, we've been looking for a, another car for Anna. We, we stopped, um, simply because it needed this diesel exhaust fluid that these fancy cars have now these days. Um, then, then we don't know how to do that ourselves because it requires a special tool, but in any, in, in any case, so they're all computers now, but in any case, so we go in and we're looking at the, the couple of options for her. And then I just kind of casually mentioned to, to our, our guy who was our salesman before, you know, if I traded this thing in right now what would you give me for it and it was practically what we paid for it yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god i just gonna get a new one for you know an extra 10 or 20 grand yeah it's it's interesting it's it's like you know you uh the investment in a car two years ago uh is is really it's crazy uh, when it comes to automotive and and certainly not national automotive national automotive is always going to advertise they're always going to be glossy they're always going to be beautiful and they're always going to be played every other slot and any sporting uh broadcast or just about any time but local is very interesting and it, it's it, it has softened us quite a bit um in our deliveries and it's focusing more on the customer and mm -hmm. how the dealership creatively can help the customer uh, in a number of ways by offering services that were always there, but we're just spotlighting those a little bit more, more on the service bay, um, more on uh, purchasing your car if you're looking, uh, more on delivery pickup uh, right. to your home or office, um, and really... Uh, Focusing more on the customer because, you know, you kind of have to do that when you can't say 400 cars on the lot. Right. Um, I think that with the with the introduction, and I think we talked about this, uh, we talked with the introduction of EVs, uh, it's another product to sell. So I'm excited about that and having uh, EVs or electric vehicles or being right. battery electric vehicles. Um, are becoming more and more prevalent. So again, it's just another product to sell. But I think that, uh, you know, remember the, the big market crash when they said the bank was too big to fail? Mm -hmm. it's, it's the same thing with the automotive industry. It's too, too big, big to, to fail. fail. We are going to come up with alternatives, uh, producing chips here, producing what we can't get overseas here. Right. Uh, I think it's a great incentive. Um, I think that, uh, you know, certainly we want to keep global economy going right. and, and help those around the country, around the world, uh, you know, pay their bills as well. But, you know, looking inward, I think it's it's time. And uh, I think we can do it. It's well. I mean, I, th I think you know we're we're learning a, a bit of a hard lesson, which is that regard regardless of the good intentions of all the the lockdowns and the shutdowns and everything, you can't just turn off the global economy and expect to turn oh. it back on like flipping a light switch, right? No, no, because there's so many links from point A to point Z that are affected, and you know, uh, we think the manufacturer is point A, and we think that we are point Z, and hey, why can't we get it? But meanwhile, you know, there's a 40-mile line <laughs> yeah. uh, telling us, you know, why we can't get it. Uh, how's but, it how's it how's it impacting the so we talk about the vo market vis-a-vis -vis this so you've got different tiers of automotive commercials out there how, how is it impacting each one individually as far as national uh which i have a half a finger on on that pulse certainly not as much as local and regional um that's still going nationals are still mm -hmm. going brands want to stay top of mind and it's 
really uh, the local dealerships also want to stay top of mind. And I tell my clients, look, you know, you don't want to go dark these two weeks. You know, let's come up with something. Let's at least talk about the dealerships. Let's get some testimonials. Mm -hmm. I did a bunch of testimonials last week. Um, You know, and as long as we're talking about ourselves, we're talking about you, um, we're going to be okay. The minute the local dealerships stop advertising completely, that's when their next door neighbor you know, takes, takes over. over. Yeah. yeah. How, how now, I mean, broadly stepping outside of VO, when, when, what's, where's the light at the end of the tunnel? How long does, does this supply chain issue last with, with this industry? I mean, is it a six month thing? Is it a year thing? Is it faster I've than that? I've been saying three months for the last two years. Yeah. So I'm going to have to pretty much rescind everything that I've said. <laughs> you know, um, I read, I read as much as I can. Um, spend at least an hour or two a day going over NADA, Ad Week, going over Wall Street Journal, going over as many periodicals as I can find. Who knows what I believe? You know, how much of it is true, how much of it is spin. Um, I try to get facts that match up at least two or two or three different publications. Um, some say, you know, blue skies ahead, just hang out for another month. Others say, you know, 2025. So, wow. you know, I, I really don't know. And, uh, me being in my studio here in Dallas, cutting my demos and dealing with my clients, you know, I'm not really, uh, you know, in the big world conference meetings, I'm sure that are going on every day, but I try to find as much information as I can. And like I said, you know, for the last two years, I've been hearing and reading three more months, three more months, three more months. Mm-hmm. And it just, it doesn't seem to be three more months, but I'm seeing new cars. I'm seeing Broncos all over the place. I'm seeing cars on, on our lots, um, whether they're 2021s, whether they're 2020s, um, there are cars available. And as long as there's cars available and as long as they're trading available, um, you know, they should be advertising. We need to know who they are. You think the situation in Ukraine, is it impacting this at all? gasoline prices you know dallas has always been one of the lower gas prices in the country um we're hitting four bucks a gallon wow 429 diesels over five dollars a gallon which it's about a buck a gallon more um and but you know what i i I hate to complain considering Mm -hmm. considering a in my opinion it's not the president's fault right i don't think that i don't think the president of the united states has any um influence over on the price of gas certainly what he does can influence but you know i, I don't people especially in texas you know is a, are talking about you know, it's biden's <laughs> fault biden's fault i don't think it is um but uh that's you know the gas prices are going up everybody's very very concerned everybody's standing with ukraine um it's pretty much the topic of every dinner um all over the news mm-hmm. and, uh, it's how we can get what we perceive as the truth into the people of of russia you know mm-hmm. is ultimately important um they need to know what's going on they got to pop the bubble right uh, that's up to the 
CIA and the FBI, certainly <laughs> not me, as I'm sitting here cutting my Randall Reed script, you know. Nice little drone from a from a third party intelligence service into Putin's window wouldn't be a bad solution. You know <laughs> There, I, there are solutions, you know, James <laughs> Bond could do it. Uh, uh, Phelps from uh, Mission Impossible could do it. They're always, every week they're knocking out, you know, some world leader that wants to take over the That's world. That's right. We get your people, we get the Mossad to go in there and just like, yeah, yeah bye, 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 bye. That's Vladdy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the IDF will, will get involved. Right? That could be fun. That could be, knock it out in 12 Plaus- hours. Plausible right? deniability, right? Yeah, sure. uh, <laughs> of course, you know, in, in in the middle of all of that, I saw the, them talking about how so Shell had just reported like sixteen point five billion dollars in profit. Mm. You know, it's like you want to you want to cut gas prices. Maybe you could just pass a bill with a windfall tax one time might help. Yeah, or or give us a break on the city and state taxes. Yeah, it's a bit very expensive. They can knock it up. 50 60 70 bucks or 70 cents a gallon what's what's the what's the vibe over there right now because i mean you know we're we're here uh in in our european home and i'm you know literally two countries away from ukraine you drive through germany you drive through poland you're in ukraine um so it, it feels you know it feels distant in some ways because western europe is really other than gas prices not being directly impacted but there's also that sense of uh well it's not that far it's it's like the distance from uh you know from from la to new york uh it's not too far away so um what, what what's the what's the vibe in in texas um you know is there worry that this spirals out of control I don't know if we are afraid. I know that our hearts are breaking. Um, but as far as fear, now we're, I mean, this is Texas. This is the middle <laughs> of the country. You know, it, it's hard to get to us. You know, they got to travel a couple hundred miles from, from anywhere. Many, many hundred miles. Right. From either coast, you know, 1,500 miles. What, what is it? From Dallas to L.A.? I think it's 2,500 miles. Mm-hmm. That's a bit of a haul. My wife would know. A two and a half hour flight if you're on Southwest. Three and a half hour if you're on Spirit. But <laughs> um, of which you know nothing about, sir. And oh, I, I, I just shout shout out to Paul Hansen, our, our VO friend, who's a pilot for Spirit. And uh, yay, he's <laughs> like he, Paul's like, come fly with me. I'm like, no. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. I, I love like you, your, brother. Your planes are pretty. Yeah, no. Um, I, I think that that really what it is, it's, you know, uh, we're, we're very open-walleted here. Um, we're raising money. A lot of voice people are, are raising money, which mm-hmm. is very cool, too. Um, we are talking about the Airbnbs and how we can book a, a week and then just, you know, uh, surrender it to whoever needs it. I think mm-hmm. that's a real neat idea if the money actually goes to Airbnb. You know, you never right. know. Uh, if if your donations are actually going to get where they uh, are, an Airbnb's to... taking their twenty percent or whatever it is too, right? Yeah, yeah, but you know what? They or, did they, those... or did they suspend that for Ukraine? They I might have, have no idea. I they might have I don't suspended know. They should. That. Yeah, but as far as as fear goes, I think certainly no more than we ever had during the Cold War. You know, and uh, there's all. Well, that was that was no small amount then, though. No, we were hiding under our desks. Elementary school bomb shelters. That mm-hmm. was our was our school desks. We used to get underneath and cover our heads, and the teacher would yell, "Drop, drop, drop, drop!" You remember drop drills? Yep, yep. Just yeah. barely, barely, barely. They were gone when I was 
still fairly young, but give it a, but when I was a little kid, yeah, it's a, it's, 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 it's it's an interesting moment because it's tough to, to, you know, process for, and I, I'm sure the people who were born in the eighties, you know, and, and later are, have just been kind of been grown up in this world where global political conflict and and war was not as much of a thing. And, you know, it's, it's been, we've had our, we've had our share of conflicts. We've had this stuff in the middle East and it's been, but it's, it's been distant from, from the U S and now it's, it's, yeah, it's front page. It's, it's a little bit more, uh, more disconcerting. It's terrible seeing the the suffering that's happening over there. That hospital the other day, that was just, um, it's it's, it's crazy. Absolutely criminal. I was born what 12 years after world war (laughs) two. I just realized that. I was talking to my daughter. I said, you know, she says, you know, was Vietnam like this? Was it like this? And, <laughs> you know, it. I, I think that Vietnam was, was a completely different, you know, sensibility. It was mm-hmm. fought in a different location. It was, you know, uh, and please, guys, everybody listening to this, I do not know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> let, let's make that perfectly clear. Um, no, nobody's but, putting us in charge of any red buttons. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not doing any, <laughs> assigning my name to anything here. We're just, we're just chatting. But it seems different. This, uh, to me, you know, is very reminiscent of World War II. And and my last name is Zelman, Z-E-L. Right. Um, my grandfather is Ukrainian. Um, I'm sure there's some Zelmanoviches or Zelmanoviches rolling around mm-hmm. somewhere in that part of the world. Um, but I wake up every morning and I watch CNN or whatever, whatever comes up. And I'm just in retreat, war's over. That's all right. I want to hear. In retreat, yep. war is over. Um, and Russia's given them a billion dollars to rebuild everything they destroyed. Yeah. Anyway, so let's move on to, to let's move on. Things. Well, let, let me let me let me throw a happier thing out there, which is that one of my favorite uh mm-hmm. things that you do and you say is um I think it's the best line about demos in the industry, which is that your demo is your promise. Mm-hmm. And I know that so many people wonder what it is that makes a, a good demo, what it is that will get you hired, what it is that you're supposed to do with a demo. And we're gonna talk about that a lot in VO Atlanta. But when you say your demo is your promise, what does that mean? That means that whatever the potential client, potential uh, customer will hear, you will be as good or better. There's no surprises. This is a, a snapshot of who you are right now. Uh, the audio that they're listening to should, in, in you know, a perfect world, uh, performed at your home studio, something that, that is reproducible. All of the performances are organic and not spoon-fed to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take a script and uh, deliver to the same level as your demo, and your demo should represent not... And now, let me preface here. I'm not talking about an animation demo. But uh, to me, a demo should represent multiple personalities within the voice talent. A lot, and, a lot of us have those, you know. Yeah, oh, yes, we do. <laughs> We we pay therapists monthly to to silence them a little bit. What 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 is Bob Bergen's great line was I had all these voices in my head when I grew up. I gave him a job. I, <laughs> right. I, I think that was his line. But I like to hear personalities uh, in a demo, and uh, you know we're we're different throughout the course of the day. Um, fake voices I don't like. I don't think that's a promise. I don't think that's you know who you are. Uh, let a director take you if he wants to get add a little bit more uh, comedy or whatever uh, to your voice. Let the director do that. But I think that uh, you know when you give a, when you give a, 
a demo. This is who you are, and I can guarantee you that when you hire me, not if you hire me, when you hire me, that I will deliver beyond what you hear. And it's, you know, it's not easy and, to do. And we're always, when we talk about that, I always feel like I, I want to step in and go, and we're talking about performance, not production, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. But I also feel that modern demos need to be as close to very well-produced yeah. spots. Um, and one of the reasons is, you know, there's so many great coaches out there. And voice talent is getting uh, better quicker. Mm -hmm. And they may not necessarily have uh, the portfolio, but they've got the chops. They've got the talent. Um, so us as demo producers put them into that session. Now, Jay Michael, you know, I've done demos in, you know, engineered for you while you were producing it. And I, I can pretty much guarantee that you don't treat a demo any different than you treat a, a, a well-paying client. Exactly. Yeah, and this is what it's like, you know. Um, it's it's a demo is a slice of your daily work, and because I said, as I said before, because there are so many great teachers out there, people are really diving in. So many great classes, great resources, um, and they're getting good really quick. Mm -hmm. So it's it's you know it's part of our responsibility to capture that talent and provide a portfolio to them that's realistic. Um, that they can reproduce. So I know you agree with me when you think when when we say that the single most important thing about a demo is is reproduction. Yep, being able to deliver absolutely. Yeah. And I, I still think they, two of my favorite experiences in in twenty twenty one were uh, using your studio and your and your home and the kindness of your uh, your engineering uh, the uh, the session to uh, to bring a couple of my talent in there and uh, and have them record and. Uh, and then poor Devin Chandler's shows up and hey, it's come to Cliff's house. Here we are. <laughs> I'm recording in the house, and then he opens the door. Oh, okay, I can work two, in here. Two of us knuckleheads, right? And then we. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> looks at, oh my god, <laughs> he was terrific. What a great guy. Well, that was that was what was his name? Uh, that was um the 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 oh lord um because Devin Troy. Devin. Devin was the uh, the young lady that we had during around one voice. Um, yes, Troy. that was hold uh, bold Tyler Tyler Bolden Tyler Tyler Bolden. That's it. And he actually he actually went on to uh, at the moment I think he is a sports um, uh, doing the the sports news for a uh, for a Fox station in Colorado. Like oh, a um, if I recall, yeah, because that well that was his thing was was calling the games. Um, but yeah, now that that was a those were fun experiences. Man, he that was had a, a very good time. He had a very good time, and as as uh, as weird as twenty one was, the twenty twenty one was. Those were a couple of the real highlights of my year. Just hanging out with you and well, collaborating. I appreciate that, man. So, uh, what's what's next for Cliff? I know you're working with ACM now. What's what's how's that going? How's what's that all about? ACM is is very very interesting. I walked into a situation that I really knew nothing about. Uh, I've always been the guy behind the board, uh, pushing the faders, slicing the tape, and. Um, it's really neat to learn that side. Um, whenever I needed somebody, I would call an agent. I would call, uh, you know, Mary Campbell. There, there's plenty of agencies in Dallas. If I need somebody on camera, I was always the guy placing the order, not the guy receiving the order. But I'll tell you, this group of people are the most kind, supportive, caring group that I've worked with 
I shouldn't say ever, but uh, Radio Vision was pretty awesome. But I didn't expect this. You know, I didn't expect this kind of warmth and welcome. And, um, you know, it took me a while to understand, you know, how it works. Working with Jeffrey Umberger is, is a dream. Um, you, you can't imagine a nice no, guy. He's a, he's a good guy. I, 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 I don't believe it. I mean, I can't believe how nice this guy is. How is this even possible? But it is. Um, but I love the Mark is is brilliant in his insight and foresight and hindsight. Um, a very generous man. He wrote a a book uh, that's just coming out. That's going to be. He's going to be doing a signing uh, in Atlanta for that, isn't he? Uh, yes, he is. And um, he posted, and I hope I get this right, uh, that all of the proceeds before the book is actually published or actually released, uh, he will be donating to UNICEF. Very so thoughtful. That's very, very exciting. I missed the meeting last Monday because I had to be on location and do a bunch of testimonials that I talked about earlier. But next, uh, this Monday, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk a little well, bit. What do, you, what do you do for ACM? Talk about that a little bit. Uh, talent development. Uh, anybody that's signed with ACM that's interested uh, in, you know, getting into automotive, um, be it either Tier 2 or Tier 3, if they want to go out on their own and they don't currently have a national spot. Or if they want to uh, have the agencies and have the uh, manufacturers and have uh, those producing nationals uh, hear what they can do and know that they can do this. Automotives, you know, national automotive is much easier than local because a national automotive spot is basically a national spot. Right. And it's very imagey and we're not really pushing location. We're not really pushing deals. Um, we'll talk about the vehicle for the first 15 seconds and then halfway through, uh, test, you know, get 15,000 off during truck month or whatever. And we talked about the national event, but a local spot, uh, you know, every single line in a local spot has to be treated a specific way, uh, has to be understood what it is that you're reading. And that's what we're really going to cover in the X session, which is, uh, going to be a lot of fun. I have a thing called the 15 points of an automotive read. And to your listeners, of, of course, of course you do. Of 15, do. 15 it points, 14, <laughs> but, but uh, it used to be 14. I, I added one. Um, and it's interesting. The one that I added was because of COVID it's, it's, we make your life easy. So uh, I, I always say you, you, you're one of the more meticulous people I've ever met in my life. I always tell people that that Cliff is the one person that I think every demo producer in the industry doesn't want anybody else to find out about your process because none of us want to work that hard. You know, I think I'm going <laughs> to get away with it because, man, it is it's a lot of work. Sometimes uh, through the course of it, I'm actually redoing the demo three times. Uh, the first time is the full take, which is like nine or ten lines, uh, full scripts. Then I go back. And then I do a cut downs from them. And then I go back and I recut the music to match the cut downs. And then I go back and I remix full versions as well. So I mm -hmm. do the demo and the full versions for, you know, uh, Bidalgo likes to get a single spot. You know, uh, a lot of people like to hear uh, the 300 pound Harley guy with the beard uh, right away rather than, right. you know, have to listen to four or five spots to finally get to it in position number five. Right. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun though. And, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here at three o'clock in the morning thinking, you know, yeah, living the dream brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk to me about one more thing before we, we start to wrap. And that is, um, sure. you know, we hear all this talk a lot in the industry about 
be conversational. Everything is more mm-hmm. authentic and believe. I mean, I think a lot of people that hear automotive, they, they're still thinking, you know, Ford F one fifty, right? I mean, it's what 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 is what are the trends? Is it moving the same way the rest of the industry is, or is it still just big and balls out? What's what's going on in automotive? Well, that really depends on the direction of the client. Uh, there are some dealerships that are very very hard sell. Um, when the tents go up, the prices go down, a lot of screaming and yelling, taking the back of your head and slamming it on the pavement. That will continue. Um, a lot of the reasons that continues is the dealership's a little afraid to get away from that. You know, they say, this is, you know, we want to cut through. We want to, uh, we want to get the attention of the 1% of the listening public that's actually considering buying a car. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, some of them are fun. You know, the, the Carzilla coming to crush high prices, you know, <laughs> that stuff's fun. It's tongue in cheek. Um, we've lived so many decades through the, you know, Sunday, 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 which was actually Irwindale Raceway. It had nothing to do with <laughs> automotive dealerships. It was all about, uh, you know, the drag Monster race. Trucks, drag race, right? So, yeah, in the, in the northwest uh, end of the San Fernando Valley. But since COVID, yes, the conversational read is, is prevalent. Um, because, you know, with so much going on, we don't want to pressure the buyer. We don't want to say you only have till Sunday, you know, you got to make up your mind right now. What do I got to do to get you in a car today? Um, which, uh, you know, is kind of working its way out, um, connecting to the buyer, uh, letting the buyer know that the dealership is part of the community and that we are there to uh, sponsor Little League teams and collect money for March of Dimes. And and so the connection to the dealership uh, is getting more and more widespread. I really like that. Women uh, representing dealerships, I really like that too. Um, there's always going to be the hard sell. And right. even though it may, it was like 80%, 20% 20 years ago, it'll probably always be somewhere, you know, around 10% um, in 10 years from now. I, I certainly can't predict. And again, let me preface, I don't know what I'm saying, but, um, <laughs> you know, in 10 years from now, it may be completely gone and dealerships may be completely gone in 10 years and everything will be online. Does not mean that advertising will disappear, which of course it never will, but it will just be pointing to a different way to purchase your product. Right. Um, internet sales is big and is good. Uh, the people that were walking, the sales guys that were walking the lots are now sitting behind the computers, so they're not necessarily out of a job. Um, but where it's going, I, I see a lot of it, a lot of narrative. Five years ago, there was a lot of I'm a spots. I used to call them I'm a spots. Mm-hmm. I'm a dad. I'm a soccer mom. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. Now we're hearing more of a you, you know. Um, yeah, the first person is trending out a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't I don't like the I'm uh, because the me the cynic and me the first thing I'm going to say in my head is no I'm not and then I'm going to turn the channel and my daughter's going to laugh I'm a 93 year old weathered goat keeper and I need a large vehicle to take care of my herd yeah, no I'm not <laughs> click <laughs> move on to something but uh, you know I, I think that the conversational and not the you know not the whiny not the I don't care not the the deep, dark Nike spots, the voice in my head is telling me, you know, <laughs> Nike. Um, 
not that necessarily. I mean, certainly uh, Lincoln is doing neat stuff with uh, Matthew McConaughey. He's getting real cerebral, and that's always fun. But, he's you know, get, he's also more. getting paid. Um. Oh. <laughs> and, and, well, he should. I, 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 a, quick, a quick aside, we tried to get Matthew McConaughey to be the keynote for One Voice last year. And? Um, <laughs> for a for a thirty minute interview format keynote, four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a private jet for seven. God, which is more expensive <laughs> for seven? For seven, <laughs> because he's got to bring all his high school girls. That's with right, him. the entourage. But, <laughs> you know what? He's basically saying, "I don't really want to do it, but right. if you want to pay me, I will." <laughs> that's that's what that response is. Um, so, yeah, Matthew McConaughey, you know, gets really, and I'll tell you, Jay Michael, I love them all, you know, um, I love the, uh, one of the spots that you did on one of your demos was actually two of them, and I can bring them up. Um, one was uh, not here to win a beauty contest. <laughs> right. Um, the other one was, I don't remember the copy, uh, it was recent, um, the, you know, not here to win a race or something like mm. that. Um, and I like those, you know, I like when, when we can get into the customer's head a little bit, um, it's gotta be broad because it, you know, it has to appeal to the masses. Mm -hmm. Um, but those, you know, in this great country of ours, you know, I like that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, trucks are easy to do because, you know, the, 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 uh, audience is a little more narrow, um, even though it's number one selling truck, but, uh, you know, not a lot of people want to buy a truck, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's easy to, to focus in on the type of person that buys a truck. Um, and we try to connect with them, you know? And of course the, the overlying theme to every dealership is no hassle. We make it fun. We make it easy. You know, how many times have you heard on the, on the crappy, you know, spewed out, commercials that say you know we make car buying fun mm -hmm. um, it's a dead and dying cliche but that's really the attitude and as long as we're trying to make it fun you know make, make right. the spots uh make the spots fun and and if they are going to be slamming screaming you know there are guys out there that have that voice oh my goodness Excuse me. If you don't have that kind of a voice, please, voice talent, do not. Don't try. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got, you know, the great, I can bring up his name, the great Steve Sarner. Um, it's got one of these voices. I mean, that's just his voice. Mm. He'll call me up 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, Cliff, it's Steve. How are you? And that's the way he talks. Um, when I do it, it sounds ridiculous. And if I would try to do a spot like that, you would instantly recognize a fake voice right so um plus you don't want to compete with those guys <laughs> you will lose <laughs> i promise you you will lose go up against bob ford randy reeves you will lose but you will always win if you're yourself you know there you, go. you, you Let... read the script you get the script you tell the story you don't make the read bigger than the words on the paper um automotive is not shakespeare in the park but it it, it does have to be genuine and you do have to connect and I, you know, there's not much better advice anywhere in voiceover than be yourself, right? 
Oh, that's, that's great stuff. And I, I will say that my favorite part about this whole podcast is the fact that we have repeatedly had to put disclaimers that we have no idea what the hell we're talking about. Following our advice may lead to abject failure or World War III. See dealer for details, limitations, apply, right? Not all buyers will qualify. That's right. Well, okay. One, one, one final note before we head out and that is uh if somebody is trying to get into automotive vo if they're interested in this field if this is what they want to do or think they want to do what steps should they be taking have a chat with me no charge no pressure um i just want to make sure that if anybody is interested in this uh that they really know what they're getting into and they know how much work it is and voiceover is harder and harder and harder every day it's easier and easier to get better it's harder and harder to get hired um if anybody wants to get in touch with me, my 24-7 email address is C, letter C, Zellman, Z-E-L-L-M-A-N, 10, number 10, at gmail.com, czelman10 at gmail.com. Or visit my website if I can Go. If I can shoot that out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. A-amazingdemos.com, a dash amazing demos.com and i uh, got the name from that i was uh we were, i was i think i was at uncle roy barbecue and <laughs> i was talking to one of these guys and the guy walks up and he says man i do the best cliff zelman impersonation i said okay <laughs> you know let me hear it and he goes amazing it was amazing <laughs> and i said that's that's pretty good, pretty goes, good. that should be the, that should be the name of your company <laughs> and there you go and, there and you that's go. where that started of uh, Seven and seven, six or seven years ago, at an Uncle Roy barbecue. Wow, amazing demos. Looking forward so, to doing uh, that. So I'm really easy to get in touch with. You know, um, I'm really accessible, and uh, you know, the the most important thing for me when people come to me about automotive is a, do you understand how much work it is, and b, do I think that this is going to work for you? Um, there's no. Uh, reason to do this and have it sit on your shelf or not a, a high school mm-hmm. band that goes out and presses a thousand CDs and mom and grandma are the only ones that buy them. <laughs> uh, you have to work it. The old expression, you know, if you build it, they will come. They won't. You know, <laughs> you've got to work it. And that's the neat thing about tier three is you're on your own. You do your own marketing. You're reaching out to advertising agencies that specialize in automotive. And you're making connections all across the country. And it doesn't matter where you live. Cliff Zellman, my good friend, a genuine legend in the industry. I hope we're still getting an invite to that wedding. Uh, uh, indeed, sir. If you want to uh, yeah. hop on a plane, hopefully <laughs> hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll be in the States at the time. But yeah, you better believe it. I wouldn't and uh, I am looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks and to being the bad kids under the bleachers and burning one with you, my friend. Yeah, buddy. You're first in line. Thanks for being here, Cliff. Thank Take you care. so much, man. Have a great day. Oh, and folks, by the way, you know, uh, we don't do any advertising or anything here. we got more great guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. And uh, you know what time it is now. Here's Kayla. You have been listening to This Week in VO with J. Michael Collins. Be sure to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues on social media. If you do, JMC might just send you a lobster. Now, here's nobody trying to sell you anything, because that's just how we roll. Stay tuned for a new podcast most weeks throughout the year. 